All right, all right. We're back again. This is the real McCoy, aka the Honest Man, and it's the Pews Podcast. And today we'll be giving you our history for Wednesday, which is the Civil War. Oh yes, the Civil War. Yeah, the um. So basically, this, we're going to just discuss Civil War. We're going to go in detail about certain for Black History Month. We're going to go in detail about certain inside information that maybe a lot of people don't know about the civil war so and then we're going to i'm going to address a prolific um african leader in the civil war as a representative a lot of people probably don't know him because once again i say every month every hit year they just plaster the same 10 historic like black history activists you know the martin luther kings malcolm x my favorite um <clears throat> Madam C.J. Walker's Obama, they, they added Obama in there, but like, you know, the, the basics, you know, um, the basic ones you see every year. So I try my best to like, you know, the ones that got swept under the rug, the under, you know, those specific ones that are special, but just never got the notoriety like the rest. I tried my best to, you know, bring them, bring them into fruition. So like I said, we're going to get straight into it. The Civil War. All right, let's be real. A lot of us know the Civil War. Basically, shortened the North versus the South, where um, you had um, basically the Confederates. The South were the Confederates. That's the um, that red and blue flag with the stars in it. And then you had the North, which was the Union. Abraham Lincoln led that. Robert E. Robert Lee led the South as a general for the Confederates. What was going on? In the South, as you know, there was a lot of slavery. It was there was slavery states, uh, spanning from Texas, all the way to Atlanta, Georgia, straight over from from Arkansas, straight over from Mississippi, Alabama, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, you know the South, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, um, Washington D.C., uh, Virginia, Maryland. So that was like the Confederate States and they had their own like they only had their own, their own basically they had their own government. So they had um plantations, of course. The kicker is this, they were getting wealthy. Let's 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 keep it real. Long story short, they were getting wealthy. They were getting free labor, making billions of the today's time. Back then, of course it was millions, but we could say in this day and time, billions of dollars off of free labor, off a of plant off a of cotton tobacco even textile um but mainly cotton tobacco agriculture selling it to the european states outsourcing it to different countries outside having agreements they was making easy money free money getting wealthy we're talking about wealth wealth acres on acres lands on land what what was the conflict what was the problem here the north was free the north was free philadelphia jersey Delaware, Philadelphia on up the 13 colonies uh, on the East Coast, it, Northeast region. They were free, free states. Black people were free. You can work for minimum wage, you know, for a little labor. You can get a little some money paid. You was free. Of course, you still didn't get it at as many opportunities as white people, but, you know, you still can make ends meet. You wasn't getting lashed. You wasn't getting hanged. You were, you know, you just wasn't. You were just basically marginalized. You wasn't getting the same opportunity, but you know, at least you wasn't. You was free. At least you can roam, do what you want as please, and you had opportunity to make a business and make millions. It was people. It was black people that actually made millions and made a lot of money and had successful businesses and lived 
pretty proper. We live pretty good in the north. Why am I saying this? It came down to the point where the government felt like, look, these people down here eating food, man. They're getting, look, we're going to do a modern day time. These niggas down there getting money, man. They getting money and we need some of that. Unfortunately, we put our foot in our mouth because up here is a free state, commonwealth state. We're under the protestant religion, you know. We believe in God and Christ and we gave them an opportunity to, you know, they're free up here. But we need some of that money. They getting too much money down there. We heard about them. They sh making shipments left and right, packages coming in. All right, South. Abraham Lincoln, the government, the union. All right, look, South. We need some of that. We need some of that bread, man. Now, here go the thing. We don't, we, we see what y'all got going on. We're not trying to intrude, but we just need a piece. So what we're going to ask you to do is we have a bigger agenda in mind. I need y'all to pay the slaves. First of all, first thing was taxes. Reason why the Civil War started were taxes. Babe, that's it. The North wanted the South to pay taxes. Yo, we need some of that money. You need to pay that to the union, the government, if we can build up the economy. You know, as you know, the South said, no, we're not, no, get out of here. We ain't doing none of that. Get out of here, man. We got our we got our shit going on. We ain't trying to hear none of that, man. The fuck out of my face, man. You know what I'm saying? Then they came back and said, look, man, we need some of this bread. Y'all ain't going to just be getting all this money in front of our eyes and we're not going to eat. We're trying to build up an economy here. We're trying to build up the U.S. The South didn't care and, you know, they was like, look, we have our own government down here. Own, we own, That's what the Civil War was about. It was basically trying to separate the United States up top being the union being the north down top we have our own government down south we run our own thing free in charge liberation the you the north wasn't trying to hear that then it came what what, what now what ticked them off this is what really spurred it now was now the north was saying look how about this you have your slaves pay them a wage P pay them a little wage a cheap wage throw some tax then you're going to tax them and you just pay us so try to free. So basically, just give them a little, little more liberation. You know what I mean? The long stand. That, that, that's all it was. It was just a situation where the conflict was resulting in the long standing disagreement over the institution of slavery. They said, "Look, just you can have them, but just pay them. They still could be on the plantation. Just pay them a little bit. Then you pay taxes. We benefit, reap some benefits. You paying us a fee. We all can be happy." South said, "Fuck out of here!" And now guns, guns bust. They said, "All right, look." We want some of the money there. Don't so. We don't need some of that money there. And the South said, yo, pussy, go suck your mother. Me not give you nothing. That's just a long story short. And my Jamaican accent is simple and plain. Say, yo, me not give you nothing straight. You're going to suck on the mother. And then that's when, the, that's when the, you know, the Civil War happened in, unfortunately, 18, 1860s, 1861. Civil War spurred it. It's time to go to war. It's time to go to, it's time to, go to war here. So now going deeper. <clears throat> so that's basically the the the, spur, the, 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 the logistics of the Civil War why it started. Now we're going to go into Abraham Lincoln. What's it, now he was being the president and Ulysses S. Grant, which was the um the president was the one that's on the $50 bill. He was the general running the army. He was like the the, the, the grand general that was in charge of the army. He went against Robert Lee Robert E. Lee, the general for the Confederates. And the world broke out. Let's be real. What's saying was getting their ass kicked. Um, the North was getting their ass kicked. Robert E. Lee and them had that shit popping. 
they end up brainwashing some of the black people down there and putting them to use because they were slaves they had no other choice now this would have been a perfect time for slaves to kind of well we, we have inferior complex we had in our notion already that white man is a superior so they listen it's unfortunate though because i always say that that was civil war was a perfect time to take charge of america they were broken they were they were divided if we just could have get it together and have a we had access to weapons we had the training if we just could have got it together and unified that would have been a perfect time to take over the united states and then claim what's rightfully our own but that didn't happen <clears throat> that didn't happen unfortunately but long story short you know the south they end up recruiting some of the black people down there including the buffalo soldiers unfortunately and black people for some reason felt like they were going to be promised some type of freedom or whatever i think the south promised some freedom they fought with the south they were kicking um the union's ass now what comes into the nitty-gritty was now the union came with the confiscation act you know the u.s the u.s congress passed the confiscation act of like 1862 and like i think july july i think if i'm mistaken yeah if free basically if free was if free slaves whose owners were rebellious against the um, united states so they basically was going around freeing the slaves saying fight with us we're trying to free y'all just giving them incentives we're trying to free y'all and give y'all freedom of course you know black was saying that's all we wanted to hear let's go to war and now we're doing that then they end up getting the mili- uh the militia act of uh 1862 they end up getting that is passed as well the government where they empowered the pre- um basically the president uh used use former slaves in the army in any capacity in the army for president um abraham lincoln so they basically just do that so the free slaves they said look under this act y'all can fight with us and you can get your earn your freedom of course you know what i mean abraham lincoln unfortunately wasn't with it he did he was against it just like george washington during the american revolution they were against using black people because they didn't want to give them access to weaponry and stuff because they knew they were powerful people why would we give them weapons for they can turn weapons on us based off what we did to them so it was a it was a afraid tactic abraham lincoln felt the same way i don't feel comfortable but if the union if y'all feel like this is what's going to win us this war and get us what we need i'm for it but i don't know because they can turn on us anytime and now they got weapons of math then they got weapons that they can turn on us and fight for their freedom they ain't if they knew any better they can fight for their freedom unfortunately we didn't know any better so we kept it going as i continue on basically yeah so the slave owner that was the axe that they used long story short the north start using the they start freeing the slaves and using the slaves as soldiers in that regards it came to the point where you had the yeah you had the what's name you had the um the united states colored troops that's when they started up now now you come with the united states colored troops where a regiment in the united states army composed primarily of african-american colored soldiers they were primarily recruited for the Civil War, the American Civil War. Primarily recruited. Absolutely. Now, it wasn't that many. It was only one-tenth of the uh, manpower of the uh, Union Army. But as you know, they used them as pawns. A lot of them died off. 20% of them died off. Some went on to survive and got honors, Medal of Honors and things of that nature. Um, In that, I want to say, in that, um, Abraham Lincoln... To, to go forward now now we get to the results the results is this south loss it is what it is the south loss 
the North won. What ended up happening is Abraham Lincoln, let me show you how much he cared about us. Abraham Lincoln made it clear in day because people think that Abraham Lincoln was his hero. Deep inside he wasn't. He cared less about black people. He just cared about the union. All he wanted was to get that tax money, better the United States economy, and cared about his union. And him, he said it out of his own mouth. Quoted, if you read the book, The um, the, America, the, uh, the Making of America, uh, the the founding the founding fathers I'm sorry the found the real founding fathers of America the Puritans the making of America in the book it said um quote quote him quote for quote if I could save the Union without freeing any slaves I would do I would do it if I could save it save the Union by freeing all the slaves I'm going to do it if I could free half and leave other half I'm going to do it the point is all I care about is my union, the survival of my union. And that was out of his own mouth. People don't even know that his main agenda, see the thing, and I give him credit for it. In a way, it's like a, a two-edged sword because he was racist anyway. He had slaves anyway. But the thing is, he made it clear, said, look, I'm, I don't, slaves don't need, we, we're not equal. He came out out of his own mouth bluntly as ever. We're not equal. Y'all don't, they're not as the capacity as white people. Y'all don't need to be running. Y'all need to be running basically the same on the same streets as us. So he had proposed something to the abolitionists, Frederick Douglass, Martin Delaney, which we're going to talk about eventually. That's what's going to be the keynote for this. That's the um, African-American figure we're going to use. But a lot of the abolitionists that he used to talk to said, look, we need to come to agreement. The Civil War is over. Y'all free. And we had the Emancipation Proclamation. Y'all free. But I don't think it's best y'all stay here. This is a white man's land. Y'all are not needed. As one, I don't feel like y'all equal to us far as far as brain power and capacity, comprehension. And two, white people don't like y'all. They're killing y'all. As you can see, you, you you're provoking them. They're they're hanging y'all. They're killing y'all. They're rebelling. They like to beat up on y'all. Y'all just cause too much conflict. We want to run a good, smooth, clean land. So for that, I recommend y'all. How about y'all go to Liberia? People don't. This is this this this, this, this underscore now. This is it, right? It's after Abraham after the Civil War said there was no need for Amer Black Americans to be Black African Americans to be in America. He had tried to do a, a um a concession and um a voucher to say, look, I will personally, the government, we will send them to South Central America. South, yeah, Central America or the Caribbean, or we can send them back to Liberia, please. And the reason why that never went through is because they put one in his head. J um, John Wilkes Booth put one in his head, Abraham Lincoln's head in the theater, said, look, you're doing too much liberation for black people. You deserve to get a bullet, a gunshot into your blood clot. And that's what ended up happening. That's why that never even went through. He had plans on sending us to the Caribbean, Panama, um, St. Croix. Central America or Liberia. That's what he really wanted. That was his vision. It just never went through. And honestly, maybe they, I think that probably would have been the best bet because now we would have been separated and we can build and live off our own. But they still would have came and intruded because one thing we know about white people, unfortunately, history shows it, is that they can't live good knowing that black people are doing better than them. So they would have came eventually and we would have to defend our turf. But yeah, so that's just saying that about Abraham Lincoln. For people to think that Abraham Lincoln was this noble 
and he cared about when he freed the slave. No, that was an agenda. All he wanted was tax dollars, money coming in, and we can use these black people that that that's free, that they have no documentation of paying anything. They have to pay taxes, and we can build up the economy, the United States, which is now you see is built up the way it is to the ultimate power. Boom. Now going back now. I want to rewind back. Like I said, we're going to come to an end. I just wanted to give you all these keynotes. A lot of people don't, wouldn't know why the Civil War started off of taxes, money for the money for the United States. South wasn't paying it. They was getting free labor, getting rich. This, the North needed some of that money. Y'all getting too much money, and we not benefiting from it. We need some of it. Pay some taxes up North to us. They didn't want to do it. Civil War break out. Now y'all don't got shit. Now we run everything. And we'll go in. To what ended up happening They ended up giving them asylum And then End up giving them um, Concessions The South After they lost They end up giving them Back their land And say you can have your slaves And that's where the sharecropping came Now you don't Now it's not really slaves Now it's Now you can work on your slaves But now we're gonna put you in debt We're gonna charge you Lodging fees And charge you food fees And then we're only gonna pay you A dollar a day And everything else Costs about two dollars So now you owe us Now you have to stay on the plantation And work and they came with vacancy laws, black laws that end up putting you in jail, chain gang, to keep you enslaved. Yeah, people don't know that. People don't know that the um, jail system, I just want to say that. People don't know that before 1865, the official slavery was over. The jails, the prison system was low-key. It, ma- it was mainly like a rehabilitation center, like asylum, like how people like going through depression and they want to check in for a couple of days or some people might get 302 whatever people was going through mental crisis and mental health issues and things of that nature the quakers thing that, that's what the prison was like a rehabilitation go ahead and sit down relax for a little bit take your time get yourself together when you're ready come on check yourself out and you will live your life after the slavery they said look we have 200 we have what two million black people that we don't give a fuck about we don't care about and now we can't even get free labor off of them fuck it Let's put some laws in play, vacancy laws, things of that nature where we can reduce and take away their rights, give them curfew, lock them up for the pettiest things, not being curfew time, get locked up. You Petty theft, still a lollipop, still a, still a fruit, go to jail. You look at this wrong whistle, go to jail. And then we hold you in there for so long, we put you in a chain game, and then you're giving us free slavery again, which we do Monday time, which is free labor. Which they doing? If you if you read the new Jim Crow book, you will learn a little bit more in detail about that. You know, I read a lot. So, but the main person I want to talk about that has had a big contribution to the Civil War was Martin Delaney. People won't even know him because they don't talk about him. But Martin Delaney, he was a abolitionist, a journalist, a physician, and then he was a soldier. He was the one. He was the first one. Now, this this is the key points here. Martin Delaney was the first black nationalist, a pan-Africanist. He was the one that was preaching. He one that came with the saying, the slogan, Africa for Africans. He was the first pan-Africanist before Booker T. Washington, before the greatest pan-Africanist, Marcus Garvey. Before they came along, these was he was the motivation. He's the one that gave Marcus Garvey the vision. He was so pressed. Even though he was born in Charleston, Virginia, now that that's that's eradicated. Now it's called West Virginia. He was born in West Virginia, but he always had passion to say, look, I want to go back to Africa. I want to go back to West Africa where my ancestors are really from. So he made that a big thing and he fought. But while he was planning that, he teamed up with Frederick Douglass. 
in like, I think 1847. Remember, this is before the Civil War. Martin Delaney. We're going to get to him, how he took a big impact with the Civil War. But um, 1847, he worked with Frederick Douglass in New York. He published the North Star. They both published that uh, magazine. So he was one of the three that went to Harvard Medical School. People don't talk about these things. This was this was before affirmative action, where they were saying, "Look, let's bring people in." Remember, firm, firm, affirmative action in the, in the forties and fifties, where a lot of people got good education at Ivy League schools. That was for quota. The schools was just trying to make just branch out and be more open to different demographics to make them look like a good institution. So, in affirmative action, they start bringing in people. You even qualify, but they say you're good enough. Let's just bring in some black people, some minorities to make us look diverse. But he did before that affirmative action. He actually got accepted in middle school school where unfortunately after a few weeks he got dismissed because unfortunately the white people was lashing out. They just couldn't be in the same class with a, you know, with the N word, a black man, especially black as him. Said no, we're not going to school. So they white people was ready to boycott. So unfortunately they had to dismiss him and kick him out. But he definitely got accepted at Harvard University Medical School. He, of course, he had dreams of establishing stuff in, like, West Africa. He visited Liberia, of course. Um, but the big the big thing with him that I respect, I mean, I kind of question it, though. Why? Why not go through rebellion and turn against the white man? But I, I'm assuming that he probably felt like we can come to arms with liberation. Because what he ended up doing with the American Civil War began, he returned back to the United States where he had basically teamed up with the United States colored troops, the the first ones recruited for the war, and was um that was created in 63, and he ended up recruiting and getting more black soldiers, and he ended up being the first. He became the first African American general. Um great officer of United States Army. He was a general. I'm I'm sorry, a major. I'm lying to you. I'm so sorry. A major. A major. Not a general. He was a major. He was an actual major. So he took it seriously and they ended up winning. He settled in um he settled after, you know, the Civil War. Delaney went to the South, settled in um, South Carolina, where he started working with the Freemans Bureau, of course, you know, the banking system, start legislations to help with black the free black people down south. And um politically, yeah. So he did you know, Barn Delaney. Africa he's the first Pan Africanist. He was the first high major in the civil rights in the civil in the civil war. And yeah, he did he did his due diligence. People don't talk about him, but he was a prolific he was definitely a prolific figure that nobody mentions, but he was the first pan Africanist. He was the first one preaching black African for Africans, black people need to unite. He had his publications with Frederick Douglass, the North Star. And he fought in the army. He came back from Canada. He was in Canada. He was free. He was free. He was born free, never a slave. He could have lived his life thoroughly, but he came back and fought. He was free in Canada, but came back and fought in the Civil War for his people just to unite his people because he's seen the liberation. If my people can be free, I want to fight with them and die with them. And that's the respect that we respect him for. And that's why today he's really the main topic. I just had to introduce him in the right light through the Civil War. Now ending, we're ending. We're gonna give you some key facts of how the system was set against black people. Now after Abraham Lincoln got shot, of course, you know Andrew Jackson was the 
the demo he was a democrat we was republicans uh abraham lincoln was a republican andrew jackson andrew johnson was a democrat now he's in office which he ended up getting vetoed out through the congress because what ended up happening is when he assumed position he basically rolled back all lincoln promises of giving out free concession lands and he said look all the land grants fall for black rights movement he he rolled everything back no nah, they're not getting that I'm all for the white government. I'm for the white man's government. And he's a state of white man's government. And we can't liberate black people. Through the Southern rebels, they had expectation of getting, like all the Southern rebels, a lot of the people from the Confederates, they were supposed to get hanged for their treason. They were supposed to get lands taken away. But what ended up happening? They ended up, Johnson ended up saying, look, no, nah, go back to the field. They pardoned, he pardoned them. He ended up giving them back concessions to their land and said, look, you can have your land. You can have back the slaves. But we're going to need that tax money. You're going to have to pay them, give them the, you know, pay them taxes, baby boy. You already know Uncle Sam time. So all the land that was confiscated, they ended up getting back. And all the land that was promised to black people, unfortunately, they had um, Union General Oliver Otis Howard had to break it down to them saying, look, you can't get it. Unfortunately, I know we made promises, but things happened. President Johnson said, look, the Freeman's bill was an advantage black advantages in blacks over whites and that's not that's not what we need here in america so they end up giving it back and um black people ever since because it's hard for them to get back you still have some prosperous black people but the majority land agriculture being let me show you about black wealth now that that quote that information i just gave you you can go get that from the color of money the book the color of money here go the thing that was our big why we never could succeed wealth wise while after slavery we was one half of one percent of the wealth until today we're still one half one percent of the wealth of one percent of the wealth is because one of the big niches for us was agriculture because of the plantation because of farming because of the the, the the soil the land that's what we use to make money that's how we can build wealth and unfortunately they made it their objective they pass they pass acts after acts. For example, in 1865, South Carolina law declared that no person of color shall pursue or practice the art, trade, or business of an artisan mechanic or shopkeeper or any other trade, employment, or business. They just did their best to hold us down. They denied us lands. They took away our lands, which is you all know that is the first first generation of wealth. You need land to build wealth. Our plans were to um, our plans was to gain land after slavery. We ran to the Midwest and West to buy um, to um, basically just take up a squat on land and take up a whole bunch of land and just take it, say it's our own and basically take ownership of it. And unfortunately, you had black people, yeah, white people, the red shirts, for example, a southern um, group before the uh, Kulash clan that's coming around killing, attacking people, running them off their land. I want to also mention this in the uh, color of law. If you read the color of law, let me show you how dangerous this was, how how important it was for them not to give us land. We've been fighting, scratching for land. They kept on running down us, taking it back because we because they knew that agriculture, that was their wealth. That's how they were going to build a nation amongst themselves. That was in 1865. Jim Crow segregation. Now, let's go fast forward now to the New Deal. 1932. Well, 1938, remember Roosevelt, Roosevelt, um, Franklin D. Roosevelt was in office and tried to come with the New Deal. 
And in that new deal, they wanted to pass certain things, um, basically in industry codes for Fair Labor Act, um, Standard Acts. But what they end up doing, they end up putting up an asterisk in there and said, look, we have a disclaimer. We can't let this happen. But they said the South, they made it clear in 1938, don't pass search, don't such economic legislation. Roosevelt needed the votes of the Southern congressmen and senators who agreed to support economic reform for higher pay wages. They didn't mind it, but they said the only contingency now that would that would make us jump on board. The only thing is that if you exclude industries in which African-Americans predominantly that, that dominate. And that was what agriculture, such things like agriculture. We cannot let them get that incentive because that is going to be their bread, the butter. That's the water in the well right there. That's the guaranteed money. That's the that's the agriculture planning. That's the cocaine to the Colombians, the marijuana to the Mexicans, the oil to the um, Saudi Arabians. Every nation has its cash cow. In um, Afghanistan. In the Mideast, heroin, opium. That's their cash cow. Every nation has their cash cow that can build up wealth and that can and build a nation by weaponry, invest in infrastructure. Agriculture, land was our wealth. Planting, the cotton fields, sugar, tobacco, textile. That was our that was our wealth. And it got taken away from it. And that's why we never could build up a nation within a nation in America. So just saying that, I just want to conclude. I thank you for tuning in. For those that did listen, like I said, today is a history lesson day, and we always going to give it to you raw and uncut. Martin Delaney, the main topic, look him up, research him, prolific. God bless. God bless. And take care of yourself. Lieta.